0: laugh like, like at me like this. y'all got to help me. Like, come on, like, smile, you know, yell at me, tell me to come on or something, you know. Come on! Yeah, here we go. All right, so we're gonna pick up where we left off last week, All right, um, And my bad, I didn't put, I'm gonna read one scripture out of Matthew 2, it's the same scripture I read last week, um, but I didn't put it, I forgot to put it on the screen. So you're gonna to have to just bear with me. Trust me. But it says this: Matthew two nine through twelve. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east was went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly. They rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. I notice that they rejoiced with great joy. They had found the child. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. God, I thank you for your word. And And I thank you, God, that you have brought everyone here. And I pray that you would be with us, that you would help me to step out of the way, and that your word would come forth. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. So, last week, I came in here with like 18 pages of notes. Yeah, maybe, no, I, mean, no, I came in with six. Today I came in with nine. Okay? Which we made it through like two and a half last week. And half of that, and, and the first page was all just my of scripture. So, um, what we're going to pick up where we left off. But before we do that, I'm going to make you a quick review. to Make sure we're all on the same page. And then um, we're going to drive forward. So last week we talked about. You know, point number one was worship is expensive. Right? Um, and in our, in our lives, we sometimes like ease and convenience. Um, it's like, I like the casual dress in church. I don't know about you. But I don't mind having to get up and, I never really liked getting up and having to iron my suit. And put the whole suit and the tie in a and the three you know, you comb your hair just right. Which I'm still trying to comb my hair just right because otherwise I don't want really to give you anything. I don't want really to give you anything to talk about when you go to lunch. But in our worship, sometimes it seems that we can do the casual approach with God, and not necessarily take the time to deal with what we need to deal with in our lives. Okay. So then we talked about worship is a lifestyle. And a lifestyle starts with an attitude. And our attitude determines our lifestyle. we talked about me being fat. Which now my, I, I keep it around the house, and now my son keeps coming up and like, he'll like come up and like tap me on the belly and play my belly as mom goes and stuff. I, I don't know. Anyway. But a lifestyle is something a person sets in their heart that they are going to do something and then plans to get it done. I think a lot of times in our lives, when we, when we talk about God, when we talk about worship, or we talk about just anything doing with the church, we don't make plans. We don't sit down and we say, okay. We don't structure anything. We, sometimes we feel that if we have structure, then we're going to miss it. Okay? And then on the other hand, there are sometimes that we way overstructure things, but we have to have structure in our lives. Otherwise, we just kind of blow here and there and are, you know, tossed and driven by the waves and driven by the wind. We don't have structure. So how do we, we set up structure in our lives by a designated time that we read and we pray and read the word every day? Now I realize that I am talking to the faithful in this room. And I am fairly certain that everybody does that. Okay. hopefully there's going to be some people that listen to this thing on the um, the podcast that haven't been in here and and that's what we're going to cover this a little bit so worship is a lifestyle the expression of the believer in worship is this it is primarily designed with an attitude of remembrance what has God brought you through you remember where you started Oh yeah, we can we can all go back there. And then we can say we remember what God has done and his faithfulness. So when, when visitors walk in and they say, why do you raise your hands? And why do you weep when the music's going? Or 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 why do we you know uh, as why do we let the kids run around up here and dance? And why do we why do you let all these things go on? And it's, because we remember where God has brought us from. We remember and we say, okay, God, I'm going to give everything I have to you. And I'm going to, I don't care if anybody looks at me like I'm an idiot. I don't care if anybody looks at me like I'm foolish. I don't care what people look at me like because where has God brought me from. Amen? Like, not yeah. I mean, I don't know. I know where God brought me from. And I know some of y'all's stories. Some of y'all's stories make me look like a choir boy. All right? Because I'm I'm not trusting. But we remember. And the remembrance of Him being faithful should stir us in our faith to believe Him for the completion of everything that He has promised to us. I mean, if we can remember every time that God has been faithful. When we were unfaithful. I I remember the times when I should have been dead. But I think the only reason I'm here is because my mama knows how to pray. That that it wasn't even, it was God being faithful to her. Not even God being faithful to me, but God being faithful to what his God is faithful to perform his word. And God is faithful to complete everything that he has promised to us. But one of the big things that we have to do. We've got to let go of time. Because if we look at what God promised to Abraham, God told Abraham that he was going to be the father of many nations and that his descendants were going to be as the stars of the sea. And that he was going to take him to a land of promise. Abraham never owned one acre in the land of promise. Abraham only had one son of promise. Now he had two children, but he only had Isaac. He only saw Isaac. He didn't see. And then Isaac only saw his two sons. Esau and Jacob. God is faithful to complete his promises. But it doesn't necessarily have to happen in our time. But yet in Hebrews says that Abraham was a man of faith. Because he believed God even though he didn't see it in his time. He believed that God was faithful to complete everything that God had promised Abraham even though he didn't see it with his time on earth. So I'm telling you, God is faithful to complete everything that he has promised to you. Everything. So the lifestyle of the worshiping believer, now we're getting into that, must, complete, must contain the following elements. One, adoration. We talked about this last week. And sacrifice. Adoration being putting God in his proper place. And we talked about the difference between a fact and a truth. A fact is I don't have any money in my bank account. I've been thinking about this a lot all week, man. This, this, this would mess me up hard. Okay? The fact is, I don't have much money in my bank account, but the truth is I am blessed and highly favored. The, the truth is or the fact is, I have a bum leg. The truth is that I am the healed of the Lord. Of that, I'm telling you what, that I got that in the middle of a sermon last week, and that just messed me up all week, and it's been awesome. So here's, we're we into the good stuff, get into the new stuff. So there's three attitudes of God, or three attitudes of worship that we need to have Adoration, sacrifice, and thanksgiving. So, this is where I was trying to get all last week and didn't make it. Here we go. And then the slides. Thanksgiving is an essential element of worship. Thanksgiving, or we could also say gratitude. Okay? Thanksgiving or gratitude is the natural expression of thanks. In response to protections, to blessings, protection, or love. Now, in the Judaism Christian circle tradition, there are some people that would say that we could use gratitude as a way to get stuff. You know, um, if I give you $100, I'm going to trust that you're going to give me something back. Right? Above and beyond. And a lot of people try to treat God like that. They try to. But that's not, that's not how this whole worship thing works. That's not how gratitude works. We are thankful that he has given us things, but it's never a tool used to manipulate the will of God. Although some people have tried to turn it into that. Okay? Okay? Gratitude is never coerced or fabricated in our minds. Gratitude is those things we can't make up gratitude, right? Because our natural bent is to look at all the bad things, all the negativity going on. That's our natural bent is to look at everything negative going on. So it's never coerced or fabricated in one's mind, but rather, it, gratitude is a joyful commitment Of one's personality to God. Okay, catch that. That gratitude is a commitment of submission to God. So when bad things go on, and we still say, okay, God, you're still faithful. I'm just gonna keep walking. God You're still true. I'm just going to keep walking. God, everything you've promised me is yes and amen. I'm just going to keep walking. I'm just going to keep moving forward. And we have gratitude and we say, God, even though I don't see it, just like Abraham, just like even though I don't see the fulfillment of the promise, I thank you. And I'm going to submit that I'm going to be joyful and content in God. Even though nothing in my life might look like I need to be joyful and content, I'm still going to be, I'm going to joyfully submit my will, my personality to God. So in worship, we say, I can't, I'm afraid to speak in front of people, and I'm just an introvert, and I don't know how to do it. But we have to submit that to God. We have to submit that person. Let me ask you this question: Have you ever seen a, a three-year-old that was shot? Very, very rarely. And you know, I tell you, most of the ones that come in here, they were, and they're screaming and running from mom, right? But in our lives, we, we go through things that, and and and, and 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 we get trained about how to act. You know, my children know that if I go, they they're they're in for it. Or if I or if I give them the, I'm a playing guitar, and I give them the, and they know that they've gotten messed up. They know it. Give them the look, and they know. But well, we've trained them, and the world has trained us to say, I, I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. The problem is, is it's the I. I, you're right, I can't. But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can't. Me laying hands on you is going to be absolutely nothing for you. But if I have spent my time in prayer and I have submitted myself to God, then God can work through me. And it's God doing it. It's not me. It's me doing the basic things. It's me submitting my personality to God. Because trust me, if I had the choice, I would be in the middle of the woods right now in a log cabin in Alaska with the dog, the dog, the wife, and the two kids, and that's it. And that that would be me. But I had to submit my personality and my desires to God. And that is thanksgiving. For we joyfully do it, not begrudgingly. Because there are sometimes when we, we 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 give when we say God loves a joyful giver, and we say, all oh, right, God, I'm going to give you my tithe and offering, and I'm just you're like, I don't know about this." But God says He wants a joyful say, "God, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills, but here's my tithe." God, I don't know, but I'm going to give it to you and just trust that you're going to you're going to be with me. It's joyful. So. To live the life of Thanksgiving, we must learn to worship God in all circumstances. So, there I've got a list of a lot of things. I'm going to burn through these quickly, okay? One, we're thankful for the magnificence of the universe. In Psalms, I have these all printed out and ready to go. Brother David, if you wouldn't mind, hand those out. Those are all all of the scriptures I'm going to use for the rest of my sermon are written on there. Alright? Because they're a lot of time. So Psalm 19, 1-4, it says this. It says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky proclaims the work of His hands. Day after day, they pour out speech. Night after night, they communicate knowledge. There is no speech. There are no words. Their voice is not heard. Their message has gone out to all the earth, and their words to the ends of the world. Now, has anybody ever gone out in the middle of the night and looked I just went out and looked up at the moon and the stars and went, wow. <sighs> thank you, Jesus. That's, the we're thankful, we're going, wow. You know, the more I learned about, they taught me about, like, gravity and everything in school, and I just don't really remember much of it, because now I'm watching all these things and going, like, You know, if you're standing on the equator, you're spinning, the earth is spinning at a thousand miles per hour, and we're like, you know, and I'm like, we're flinging around, you know, we're flinging around the sun. You know, at one year, 365 days, we go one complete lap around the sun, which is so many millions of miles, so we're moving on this planet, yet, I'm okay. I'm alright. We're okay. We're, We're You know, I mean, I guess we're used to it. I've been living it for almost 32 years, but it was just everything you go, know, wow. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I'm glad, I'm glad he has to know all that. Night. So we're thankful for the magnificence of the universe. We're thankful in good times. First Chronicles 16, 8 through 12, it says this. It says, give thanks to Yahweh. Call on his name. Proclaim his deeds among the people. Sing to him. Sing praise to him. Tell all about his wonderful works. Exclamation point. Honor his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek Yahweh rejoice. Search for the Lord and for his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wonderful works he has done. His wonders and the judgments he has pronounced. God is good. And, and, and we can believe God in the good times. And we can say, and, it, and, and that's pretty easy. Sometimes. I know for me, sometimes when times are going good, I'm like, I used to. Okay. Back before, I got real serious about this thing. I used to be like, going, okay, I, everything's good. Now I can kind of back off everything and I can go. And I wonder why like three days later, I always got smacked upside the head. Right? Because in the good times, we have to give thanks. Call it proclaim his deeds. Among all the peoples. Tell somebody. You know. If we never stop talking. Always talk about the things God's going to do. Always talk about the goodness of God. Honor his name. Let the hearts of those. Who seek Yahweh rejoice. Because times are good. Then. Now this is the tough one. Where we seek God. God. Is bad news. And we're thankful in the times of bad news. Now that seems counterintuitive, right? It's really easy for us to, to say, okay, it's good when everything's good. But it's real hard to be thankful when everything's going bad. But Job 121 says this, it says, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will leave this life. The Lord gives, and the Lord takes away. Praise the name of Yahweh. Because even when bad things happen in this life, we have the hope and confidence that nothing can take our salvation away. That, yeah, we might be living in a cardboard box underneath the bridge. But God is still good And God is still on the throne And even though we might suffer a little bit Now we can still be thankful For our salvation we can still be Thankful and this is where In bad news is where we really have To submit that Thing to God and say okay Even though everything Doesn't look like it I'm still going to believe That you're good and even though Everything doesn't see, go the way I, I think it needs to go It's all good. Because He's good. And He's going to take care of us. Number four. Deliverance. Thankful for deliverance. In Psalms 18:17, it says this: it says, He rescued me from my powerful enemy and from those who hated me. For they were too strong for me. I don't know about you, but that's that, that's that's my, that's been my deal right there. He rescued me from an enemy that was rolling me over. Now I, I don't know if anybody is, is familiar with wrestling, and I don't mean no, and I don't mean the WWE wrestling. I mean wrestling, Greco-Roman style, Greco style wrestling. Where yes, there is a difference when you're when you're from me. There's wrestling, whereas you know it's the Greco-Roman, and then there's wrestling. Which is on TV, and everybody slams each other around, and you know, you're get hurt. But I used to wrestle when I was in middle school, and I lost. Like I think I won like, like I wrestled for like two years and won one match. I was that good, okay? And I, I don't even think I, don't, I may have only won. Lost. I may have only won. I don't remember. It, it wasn't good. But there were always people more powerful than me. There were always things that I was wrestling against. That were too strong for me. But the Lord says. In Psalm 18. He says. But God rescued me from that enemy. So I don't have to wrestle it anymore. I can let. My brother. Who is six foot nine. And like 300 pounds. Go in there. And wrestle. The thing that I'm supposed to be wrestling. And that's, 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 that's the picture of God. that, That he has so, he is so out, he is so much more powerful than our enemies, that all we've got to do is just step out of the way and say, okay, God, you're going to take care of it. And he promises deliverance from all those things. So all those addictions that we're wrestling with, all those, whatever, whatever it is we're wrestling with, he has provided, he has already rescued us from us if we would just let him get in and fight the battle. In Isaiah 38, it says this, starting in verse 18, it says, For Sheol cannot thank you. Death cannot praise you. Those who go down to the pit cannot hope for your faithfulness. The living, only the living can thank you, as I do today. A father will make your faithfulness known to his children. The Lord will save me. We will play stringed instruments all the days of our lives in the house of the Lord. All right, so what does that mean? That's that's, that's a little weird. It's Isaiah. A father will make your faithfulness known to children. As parents and grandparents, if we tell our grandkids or our children that we're going to do something, we're usually going to do it, right? So we're going to prove faithful to do it. How much more? is God, a father who will make your faithfulness known to his children. How much more will God prove his faithfulness to us if we learn to trust? And the Lord will save me, it says in verse 20. The Lord will save me, and I'm going to play my guitar. The Lord's going to save me, and I'm going to praise him while he does it. The Lord's going to go before me and fight the battle. And provide the deliverance, and I'm going to worship Him. I'm going to worship, and He's going to fight. Does that sound fair to you? No, but would would, would we do the same thing for our kids? How? How, Dave? I know, I know this. So, if there was a little boy, or or let's let say a modern boy, that that wanted to was trying to pick on Pearl, how much? Would you go in there and say, oh, if you go pick on her, you're going to mess with me, boy. Mm-hmm. Mamas, I can tell you stories. I'm recording it now, so I will save my mama. I'm not, but I can tell you stories of times that teachers didn't treat me right and mama went to school. How much more If we are faithful to our children Will God not be faithful To deliver us And what's our responsibility To play Stringed instruments all the days Of our lives in the house of the Lord To just sit back and relax And let him Fight the battle Sit back and worship and let him fight the battle Sit back and praise And let him fight the battle Because the battle is not mine The battle belongs to the Lord Hmm, there we go. right. Thankful for the forgiveness of sin. Now, everybody's got to be thankful for that. Even if everything else, even if we're struggling with everything else, even if we are struggling with praising God during the good times, we're struggling to praising God during the bad times, we should all be able to praise God for the forgiveness of our sins. Psalm 32 5 says this. It says, then I acknowledged my sin to you and didn't conceal my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you took away the guilt of my sin. I mean, all we got to do is say, God, I'm struggling with what to cuss this person out and throw him down the stairs. And he says, I'll forgive you of that. He says, God, I'm struggling with pornography. And he says, I can forgive you of that. You just got to confess it. You just got to get real. I'm struggling with cigarettes. You just got to get real. And say, it's all going to be okay. And he will forgive. Isaiah, I'm going to read one more. Isaiah 12.1. On that day, you will say, I will praise you, Lord. Although you were angry with me, your anger has turned away, and you have had compassion on me. I will praise you, although you were angry. Your anger has turned away, and you had compassion. We can also be thankful when we're oppressed because God has compassion towards the oppressed. Psalm 32, 34 2 says this I will boast in the Lord, the humble will hear and be glad. Psalm 72 12 says this It says, For he will rescue the poor who cry out and the afflicted who have no helper. He will rescue the poor and the afflicted. When we feel afflicted and poor, he will have his, he will help us. He will help us in executing justice. Deuteronomy 32.4 He is perfect. His work is perfect. All his ways are entirely just. A faithful God without prejudice. He is righteous and true. He is faithful. He is righteous and true. This is where I'm going to stop. Activities of thankfulness. There are three. I'm going to go through these quickly and then I'm going to be done. Activities of thankfulness. One, shouts of joy. Psalm 42, four. I remember this as I pour out my heart, how I walked with many, leading the festive procession to the house of God with joyful and thankful shouts. Shouts of joy. It's okay to be loud. It's okay to lift your voice and say, thank you, God. Thank you. Because it was the shout of joy that brought down the walls of Jericho. It was worship that brought down the wall. So it was the shout of joy. So when we have nothing to be joyful about, we can still say, God, I'm going to praise you because you're faithful. Then we have psalms of, point number two, psalms of praise. Psalm 145, 7. They will give you a testimony of your great goodness and will sing and will joyfully sing of your righteousness. Psalm 149, 1. Hallelujah. Sing to the Lord a new song, and praise in the assembly of the God. We should be lifting up songs of praise. And let me say this. Not just other people's songs that they've written. A song can come from your heart. And it doesn't have to rhyme. And it doesn't even have to sound good. And we're probably, we might not sing it from the worship stage. But that song of praise has so much more value than somebody just sitting down and penning it and us preaching, us singing somebody else's words. And I'm not saying that those songs are not powerful. I'm not saying that there's not power in the hymns. And I'm not saying that there's not power in the new songs. I'm just saying that sometimes in your heart, when you cry out and you say, God, you are faithful, God, you are good, and you just begin to sing. And so I've heard people sing in tongues. That it doesn't have to be pretty It just has to be real. We sing songs to God. Third activity of thankfulness. Music and dance. Ah. Psalm 153 through 5 says this. It says, praise him with trumpet blasts. Praise him with harp and lyre. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Some of those tambourine. I don't know about that. It's in the Bible, so I guess I'm going to get used to it. Praise him with the flute and strings. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Praise him with clashing cymbals. Praise him with the drummer. So we see to pray for a drummer. I'm telling you. Pray for a drummer. It's in the Bible. But it's okay for us to get happy. It's okay for us to, yeah, I don't know if that's the sound system of the popping. I don't know what's going on. but it be okay? It's okay to get happy. It's okay to jump around and dance. I mean, I'm a little pet for that anymore, but I can still do it. Because how many of us sometimes we wait around and we say, okay, the Spirit of God's going to come and I'm just going to, I'll run the aisles and and dance the queues and we'll have all that fun stuff. Okay? One thing I've learned is that we have to sometimes we have to lay down our pride. It's like God's not always going to, God's not going to give me a dance and God's not going to give me a song to sing until I open my mouth where I begin to do it. And then when I begin to do it, that invites because, I don't know, for me Back in the day it was always a little bit harder. Anymore, I'm I'm okay with things. So I'm a crazy pastor now, so it's fine. Everybody expects me to do weird things. Music and dance, but but we praise him in all things. We praise him in the good times, we praise him in the bad times, and, and we say, and when we, we, we praise him when there's just music going up here and there, we're we're not leading a, a formal song. We praise him. We we pray in our worship. we We are thankful. We say that the idea of worship has always been that we invite the presence of God. That David would go sit before the ark of God and just sit there In my life, i found that I just like riding down the road and quiet. Now, I don't even have the radio on anymore, which is weird for me. I used to have the radio on all the time, and I'm loud. You know, and I'd be in there singing my heart out, and maybe probably not to some music, but I needed to be singing my heart out, too. But anymore, I find that I just want to sit there in silence. Because He comes when I say I'm here and I'm just driving down the road and I'm driving water time and we got two hours it's God sitting at his feet just worship just being still which again it's hard for me to do hard for me to be still because everything in my life says he you got to get up, You got to do got to get this, You got to get that You got to do it, he got to do it, you got to do, that, you gotta do that. Well, Thankfulness comes as we continue, as we come to the realization of the revelation that we are loved by God. Above all else, you are loved by God. Always. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this word today God I pray that you would be with us God I pray that you would